1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Hello and welcome to Loose Units Origins. This is the final episode of this gargantuan season of Loose Units. I'm Paul Verhoeven and my dad, John Verhoeven, has been walking us through, I mean, dad, at this point. We are at the end of, yeah, season five of Loose Units. And every time I upload an episode and I do the editing and I kind of pop it into the, you know, the system, it just strikes me how much we've done. And I'm sitting here holding this book and I'm realizing, okay, here's a a fun exercise, Dad. I went back and listened to the very first episode of Loose Units. Have you done that at any point?
3: Um, A few months ago, I did. What did you think? Well, it's weird, Paul, because if I look out my kitchen window Mm. into a building called kyoto which is weird it is weird because of the japanese connection yeah um well next to that building so the kyoto thing's actually got nothing to do with it really but it's (laughs) kind of cool so but next to that building is a building where you and tegan airbnb'd yeah and you and i sat in the most extraordinarily cramped weird room with a sloping floor Mm. and we recorded our first podcast
2: yeah, Tegan pushed us to do that. She was like, look, you need... true crime podcasts are huge. I know you've got the book out. You really should capitalize on this and really just, you know, get something out there. And uh, I was doing a video game podcast at the time called 28 Plays Later with my friend Chris Straub. And, you know, I never recorded podcasts before. I'd done radio for years, but he sent me this like $25 mic. It was this crappy little enamel kind of orb Sitting in this crappy little casing, it had terrible audio quality, and we popped that into a laptop, put it in front of us in this like little kind of uh, this little room. Mm. I think we recorded three or four episodes in one sitting. if you go back and listen to those first episodes, it sounds terrible. You can hear the acoustics of the room we're in, and even just the i mean it's still fun it still works because you and I had done the interview sessions for the book, and you know we'd done a little warming up
3: mm-hmm. but Paul, yeah. um. I, just to think about the genesis of this whole journey, Mm. which hasn't finished really, Yeah. um, last night I received a photograph. This is just an example of the reach and how far we've come, okay? So there's a guy in England called the Flying Chef. He he obviously is a chef, but he's also a pilot. And he will fly his helicopter to incredible, you know, locations and prepare a meal for you. I mean, that's pretty exciting. He has just bought a new Porsche and he sent a photograph of the the dashboard of the Porsche last night. And on the dashboard to the right of the steering wheel is a circular, fairly decent sized instrument panel. And the entire panel is taken up with the logo of Loose Units. He's, well, he's listening to Loose Units and he says, just picked up my new toy and listening to my favorite podcast. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that lovely? Mm, it, and, you know, it's just it just shows you. And, and what about the photographs we had, Paul, a few months ago of the actual real-life uniformed New York police officers on patrol? They took a photograph of the dash... Board and there was, in in living colour, on a screen, our podcast, Lucy Inits.
2: And, I mean, last week we had somebody who, you know, has been listening to the show and because of this show and the books has gone through police academy and has become a cop and then was on duty and met another person called Paul Verhoeven. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's weird. But the first person you mentioned, right, this flying chef, mm. this brings me to a kind of interesting point, I think, um, I have to ask, and a lot of people want to know what became of Julian, because first first of all, is Julian still a detective? Did, did, how long, did, did, do you
3: know how long he was in the detectives for? Yes, I do. Um, I'm not sure, Paul, whether the listeners know that Julian and I used to catch a train on weekends to Bankstown Airport. Did you know that? Uh, I think I may have known it, mm. but yeah. And... He and I both had strong aspirations to become pilots. Right. And we used to train and learn, and I actually clocked up about 30 hours in a small aircraft. And the thing about becoming a pilot in Australia is that to get your hours up, you have to go to some godforsaken super remote location Mm. in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And Christine and I, we had you, we had Anne, uh, and, you know, I was a a junior police officer and I considered becoming a a pilot.
2: When was this? Was this during your time in general duties? or in general
3: duties. Okay, so... So I was probably... When uh, Julian and I used to catch the train or drive out to Bankstown Aerodrome... um, to clock up sort of hours um, in a sort of a Cessna. Yeah. We we were both... I mean, Julian is just slightly younger than me, mm-hmm. uh, just slightly, but we would have been, I guess, I would have been 24 years old, uh, maybe 25. Oh, uh, my God. And we, we were as thick as thieves. You know, everyone knows we used to scuba dive together. And, in fact, you know, Julian, his whole... Pretty well, his life was sort of... He was like a part of our family. And, um, you know, when he, as the listeners know, ultimately became a detective and I went my way, only a few years later, because Julian kept getting more and more hours, and he made that quantum leap, and he decided to leave the New South Wales Police Force, and he, he became a pilot. And we kept in touch now, I know ultimately that he ended up in Melbourne uh, flying for an airline down there. Then what happened was he then got a job with one of the big international, like, major airlines. Yeah. And I remember he came back to Sydney. He drove his kind of old-fashioned car. And by that stage, just to sort of tie everything in, this will give you an example of how many years it took him to really get become a professional pilot, I had already joined the New South Wales Fire Brigades and I was at Manly Fire Station one afternoon and I put a little, um, like a a tag on my uniform and I'd handwritten a note. And as Julian drove sort of towards Manly, because bearing in mind that his family lived close by... Mm -hmm. I was the very first person he spoke to from his drive Melbourne to Sydney, and he pulled up outside Manly Fire Station, and I was standing there, he'd never seen me in my fire brigade uniform, and I had a little sort of a note pinned to my lapel, and it said, welcome back Julian, and that was kind of, yeah, and then he went on to do great things uh, with international flying, and he ended up working overseas, and became a career pilot. Uh, as did, might I add, a few other d- detectives from North Sydney Police Station. Really? Yeah. So it seemed to be a bit of a trend, which is interesting. Um, because I don't think, back in the day, with the trauma associated with policing in the 80s, you know, it was it was a really tough gig. And, you know, also um, a number of detectives that I knew and sort of worked with closely some of those detectives that on the surface were really lovely people some of them ended up in jail for corruption so they were tumultuous times and I'm kind of even though I do reminisce about you know if I had my time again oh boy I mean the temptation I I've never had that sort of temptation put in front of me Paul but I just I'm glad I wasn't tested. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of glad I, uh, from that point of view, th- that I got out. And I haven't seen Julian in, golly, let me think about this. Oh, um, I reckon it would be mid-90s. Jesus. It's been that long. Jesus Christ. So okay. I, have, I have no idea, um, you know, where he is, what he's doing. He probably because of the, you know, the COVID situation. Um, being a pilot is, well, I, I, I know pilots that work at Dan Murphy's um, who will never fly again because of this this situation.
2: Well, they are beer flights, obviously. I'm just curious as to whether, okay, so if he's a year younger than you, how yeah. old is he? That
3: makes him, golly, uh, well, at around about 60.
2: Okay, and can you fly at that age? Forgive oh, my ignorance. Oh God, but... yeah.
3: Oh, okay. Shit, yeah. The right. funny thing about flying, I mean, with Qantas, for example, they have to be, they have to sort of do it like a check to check that they're okay, you know, to check that they're competent. I believe it's every four weeks. Isn't that amazing? Right. Um,
2: how involved just, is that check is it just oh, it's you know Narc
3: no, okay. simulator they've got czech captains i know a czech captain a lovely guy lives in manly and mm. his job is just to fly with crew just to you know look over their shoulders and make sure they you know doing the right thing I because start dribb- dribbling and falling over I'm, which which kind of makes me think paul i mean when we do start flying again i'm, I'm kind of i wonder whether many people are thinking about the fact that one will hope that you know, these pilots at the pointy end of the plane Yeah, are really up to speed. Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, look,
2: here's something I've realised, Dad, and that is that you and Julian both wanted to be detectives. Yes? Mm. He pursued that. Yep. You both wanted to be pilots. Yep. He pursued that. Mm. Uh, why did you not go down either of those routes? Uh, do you think maybe you... Are you just prone to changing your mind? Do you think it's possible that... I'm just trying to figure out the difference. Well, I took
3: the moral high ground right, with those uh, detectives at North Sydney Police Station that stole all that stuff. Yes. Uh, And Julian, of course, he and I both, we both uh, knew equally what they'd done. And let's just say I I feel that perhaps that bothered me more than Julian. Okay. Uh, And I made a, a, a moral a moral call on that particular case but also uh and i I think i've mentioned this to you before paul is that i had an opportunity to whilst i was in the new south wales police force i had an opportunity to go and work in antarctica uh and i applied and i had an opportunity to go to the argyle diamond mines which have just closed down in fact this week, they're having the last sale of the rarest pink diamonds in the world, uh, the last diamonds to come out of that mine. And funnily enough, when I look at how old I am now, that would have been a perfect fit as well in terms of a career with the Argyle Diamond Mines. And I, But that, that didn't happen as well. So isn't it funny how you've got these situations in life that present opportunity and, you know, it, it can go either way. But you took a kind of, you know...
2: Do you think it was just principles that made you say no to the detectives? And Because last week you kind of said if you could do it again, you'd go. You know, you'd, you'd give it a crack. I think, mm. obviously, it's quite an exciting field. Mm. Uh, Julian went and did it. Uh, he spent a couple of years there, and then mm. he bounced as well. Did you ever talk to him about why he quit? Did you ever kind
3: of figure out... Did he tell you any kind of war stories? Um, look, my gut feeling... um in relation to Julian, is that he was always going to leave the police force. Right. Always. Um, and, 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 And remember Dave? Lovely Dave? Yeah, what happened to Dave? Real name Dave. Lovely top guy. And Dave's probably listening. He is one of nature's gentlemen. Always smiling, cheerful, fucking good bloke. And I can mention Dave because he's just tops And I can use his real name and basically he went on to be a senior investigator with Qantas. Isn't that fascinating?
2: That's weird that they both ended up sort of plane adjacent. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And 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 of course, I mean, you know, when you think about investigators with, with big airlines, uh, here's a fun fact, listeners. The investigators, and believe you me, they're, they're, they're serious hardcore groups within these airlines that are generally... Ex detectives, and because Qantas uh, base jet base is based in Sydney, a lot of them are ex detectives and 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 high rank, like really really skilled, hardcore detectives. Can you think of why you would have that sort of um, group of police, ex police, working within an airline, Paul?
2: You've possibly got the potential for of some very dangerous people being ferried in and out of the country,
3: right? And you could have
2: smuggling of goods, and there's all kinds of brilliant, of stuff
3: brilliant. Happening. So, Paul. Basically, get ready for this. Yeah, the investigators within, for example, Qantas, their brief, at least back then, was the investigation of internal crime, which was rampant. And and you hit the nail on the head. Smuggling. Uh, I personally know of a few staff that were involved in smuggling, and. And they were, they, were, they were fortunate in that they only got the sack from uh, a job that most cabin crew and, and, and flight crew absolutely live for. But, uh, yeah, because the opportunities are there. Because they back in the 80s and 90s, they, they just didn't go through the same security checks. Mm. So that presents itself with all sorts of opportunities. Again, whenever you've got humans involved... You are subject to human
2: frailties. Yeah, the abuse of power. When you give people kind of you know an opportunity to make an extra buck, they mm. will you know they might gravitate towards it. Dad, what what's sort of happening here for me is that I'm realizing that we seem to be doing a kind of where are they now uh, rundown, which is mm. which is no, which is really interesting. And I realize that you're going to have to keep things pretty still with some mm. of these people. But we've mm. okay. So let's just let's just kind of bring it up to speed. With Julian, you don't know where he is because you haven't seen him since the '90s, which is sad. Uh, you, from what I understand, last week you would you would you know love to hear from him, mm. um, but also he became a detective after you, and then he ended up uh, becoming a commercial pilot, which mm. is something he clearly always wanted to do, which is great. Yeah. Yep. Dave ended up leaving the force. Uh, do you know when he hopped across to Qantas? Um,
3: I guess. Look, he um, oh God, he had some incredible times. <laughs> oh God, within the, he was a really good detective, like right. ace. Oh, was he? Hang on, he was a de- wait, yeah, as well. Yeah, he he went on to become a detective as well.
2: Hang on, so all your mates became detectives and you you didn't? That yeah, is... and that
3: kind of made me feel at the time a bit, oh, it a bit sad. Right, I was torn, and you know, looking back on it again, and Paul, this is something it's interesting. How these. The funny thing, Paul, also is that over the years I've always said to you, and you know I've said this so many times, Paul, mate, we've just, we've, we're at the bottom of the barrel. Seriously, we have nothing else. You have squeezed every inch of blood. We have nothing more to give. And then all of yeah. a sudden you're talking about something and then I mentioned that Dave became a detective. Yep. And that's new, <laughs> isn't it? That's how it works,
2: yeah. And um, Well, this is a whole... Dad, you've lived a whole life. It's not just a handful of, handful of stories. I no, mean,
0: no.
3: I don't think we'll ever reach the bottom, honestly. No, no, but remember the story where Dave, Julian, and I were diving at the bottom of Darling Street, Balmain, the wharf, and, um, you know, Dave had just got married. Oh, and the propeller, yes. And the propeller, and he had to hold onto a log, and we thought he'd die, and we were getting ready to call his brand new wife and... But that's the same Dave that, you know, went on to become a detective. But he and Julian were your classic opposites. Super smart, uh, but operated sort of like Julian and I did. Right, so I'm guessing Julian did the kind of bad cop thing? Mm, yeah, Yeah. Okay. He had a reputation. Uh, he, he had a nickname, which I'm not going to use. <laughs> he had a nickname in the police force, which kind of aptly describes the way he used to operate. Jeez, okay. Um, but very, very charming. Golly. Uh, you know, really uh, and smart, really bright. Went to mm. Sydney University, has had a science degree before he joined the police force. Yeah. Um, and the loveliest, most amazing family. I, I was like a surrogate child to his parents. Um, yeah and vice versa when he you know when he came um, came to our place which was all the time if you recall
0: ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: Hmm. Yes, he was there he used, all the time. He used yeah. to whip you kids up into a frenzy. Yeah, you used to call him Uncle
2: Julian. But let's say, let's say we've gone with Julian and we know what happened to him. Dave, we you know what happened to him. Let's just, let's just keep going. So, what happened to Sue? Ah,
3: well, we're in contact. Yes. She, now this is really interesting. Sue, weirdly, and I've got to be really careful, I've got to fact check this kind of, but what happened with her is that she ultimately left the New South Wales Police Force, but she ended up weirdly, I think she may have been on holidays in New Zealand and she ended up working for the equivalent of VKG in New Zealand. But, and her partner, her husband, was in the New South Wales Police Force. And Christine and I met up with the two of them a few months ago, but Sue's daughter ended up in forensics. In the New South Wales Police Force. That's pretty wild, so, right? So Sue ended up.
2: Okay, that's interesting. But mm. she, but she came out. She came out good. Like she, you know, had an interesting career. Oh, incredible! And yeah. and
3: and look, some of the police that I worked with. Um, remember the driver, the amazing that night. We were all in Manly, and we got on the blower and called our great friend who'd been the commissioner's driver. Yeah, he had to wear the dress gloves, right? But he's he helped
2: you kind <laughs> of turn off all the traffic lights.
3: Oh dear, dear, dear. Oh, what a story! Of he, you know, again, I've got to be super, super careful. But he was—he was a really um, charming person. Let's say uh, I'd love to talk a lot about him. We could do a whole chapter on him, but we can't, right. for, for so many reasons. Uh, and I'll explain to you off-air. Uh, <laughs> but very, very, very exciting. And then, a, 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 remember that the, the night of the of the Signal One at French's Forest, where the the police officer was bashed and thrown into the pool. Yes, at the and I was And I was working with that, you know, the big guy. We, we ended up going to internal affairs. Mm-hmm. Well, he contacted me a few weeks ago. Really? Yes. And boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Hasn't he got some stories?
2: Now, what did he think of the...
3: And what do these people think of the books in the podcast? I mean, are they okay with it? Oh God, yeah. Okay. You know, in all the in all the years, Paul, that that you and I, I mean, how did you actually come up with this whole concept? What was, oh, do you recall the actual very genesis for the whole thing?
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'd pitched a whole bunch of fiction ideas that didn't work, but the, the basic premise was, you know, the Princess Bride, but mm. with real stories. And you know, we grew up watching Heartbeat, and I really wanted to kind of mm. do that stuff. Mm. Um, but. I've, because n- yeah, I've I've just not talked to any people from the book who the book is kind of censored around, apart from you know you obviously mm. and mum, mm. and found out if they're okay with it. But part of the reason I haven't done that is because I'm. Um, there are people in the book who are have kind of more nuanced stories. Mm. Like for example, what happened to uh, Len Beater, not
3: his real name, but what what happened to him? Look, um... are you allowed to say? It's not that I'm not allowed to mm. it's just that I the last time I ever spoke to him, Paul mm. was during that case where he had um, where he'd, he'd bashed that elderly gentleman right. and again I had to go to internal affairs mm. but uh, Len Beater, he took time off. Which we would now describe as stress leave, mm-hmm. which didn't exist in the nineteen eighties. I mean, the concept existed, but the term did not. Yeah. And he went up to Queensland and I'll never forget I was at home. I, I I could I could literally I can tell you the type of carpet I was standing on when the phone rang. Uh and he was crying. He was having a breakdown. And he was he was basically saying to me, because uh, he knew I was going to internal affairs and he knew why, I was going there to give evidence as to what I'd seen. Now, we all remember that terrible case, but he was calling me in desperation and literally begging me not to say anything that would implicate him. And I basically was between a rock and a hard place. Okay, he'd been my buddy, not a particularly good buddy. He was a... By then, he was a sergeant. He was a... F- Look, God. I, I remember you telling this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing yeah. is, Paul, you know, he... I'm just telling you that this is the last time I ever saw or spoke to him. Yeah, okay. Okay, and then, you know, we talk about other people in, in like, pol- very senior police... Very like some of the top police still working in New South Wales, some of the absolute right near the top of the, the top of the pyramid, have personally called me to congratulate us on what we've done. We have not heard, Do you know that we have not had one, not one problem, not one complaint? Because my take on loose units is that when you're telling the truth. You can't really... You can't dispute it. Yeah. You can't go... And I know that a lot of the stories that we tell seem far-fetched, but that's why this thing works. is because it's all real. Yeah. And... I,
2: I'm really curious with that in mind. I'm very
3: curious what happened to Dunn. Hmm. Well, I'll... I'll tell you what kind of happened, but then you can, if the listeners hear it, that means you won't have cut it, okay?
2: Okay, because here's the thing: Dunn was what I would regard in the book and in, in the story as one of the good guys, right? And I think I know where you're going with this, and mm. I'm I'm preemptively stressed, but mm. yes, please do do give us give us the rundown.
3: Mm. Well, you've got to recall uh, and, and realize, listeners, that um, you know I left the New South Wales Police Force, so I. I began to lose contact. But then some of that contact was sort of reconnected when I joined the New South Wales Fire Brigades for 10 years. So you can all imagine that there were numerous incidents over 10 years, hundreds if well, many hundreds of incidents, where I reconnected with police, but generally on duty at incidents, at fires, at car accidents, at, you know, search for, you know, Going breaking into places to, to find you know people that you know were, were, were for example decomposed or whatever. So there was a lot of sort of interaction, which was great. As a firefighter, if you've been in the police force, it's really cool because you just understand how the police think. You talk like they do, and it's fantastic. But done. I, I I'm not going to say that I look. He was just a, a fabulous person. On, it, on so many levels. He was... Look, he was just a... He stood tall. He was... You describe him beautifully in the book. And, um, you know, he... Look, he was just a fucking great guy. And then... Less than, I guess... Well, within the last 12 months, um, I hooked up with some people. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were sort of reminiscing. And a lot of the conversation can never ever be repeated, certainly not on this podcast you know and, and and stuff I probably wouldn't even tell you. but one of the things they did tell me and and I, I when they told me this because I kind of they these people, these current serving senior police officers were sort of really we were all reveling in the past and then they began to tell me a couple of things about what had happened after I left North Sydney police station and left the police force. And quite frankly, some of the stories they told me were really bad, uh, really bad. One of them, one of them involved Len Bader. I don't know whether I've ever told you, but that was really bad, like th- terrible. And then the other thing is that they mentioned um, uh, Dunn. And they kind of looked at me with a quizzical look because they could see that I absolutely sort of admired him from, you know, my time working with him. And, I mean, let's don't forget he was the driver that night in the very beginning of this whole thing. Oh,
2: yeah, he is kind of, in the book, positioned as the sort of ideal kind of cop that you and Julian wanted to be.
3: Correct. Mm. And um, you could have knocked me over with a feather because I was told very directly... Very succinctly, without going into specifics, that he ended up being um, corrupt. Uh, How corrupt? Th- that's all I. That's all I was told. But yes, there are levels of corruption, Paul. But to be told that by these particular people, we're not talking something insignificant. So. I was shattered. Uh, It's just unbelievable, isn't it? I guess it's like sort of uh, an analogy, but a bit of a creepy analogy. But imagine you find out in later life that... uh, Can you imagine, Paul, if you or one of your siblings came up to Christine and myself and said, oh, by the way, such and such molested us? Can you actually... Can you comprehend what that would do to us? So listen,
2: in- yeah, what you're saying is what if years after the fact you retroactively
3: found out something
2: earth-shattering
3: about yes. someone you respected? Yeah. Yes, okay. and I was absolutely fucking jacked off to the max, particularly, Paul, because we have been talking about what a wonderful person he was. Yeah, and, and this, then- so this
2: this happened after, after. we'd begun
3: the project. Okay. And if I had yeah. have known, Paul, yeah. Yeah. about him... I, it would have made it a little bit more complicated mm. for you yeah. to have painted him in such a beautiful light. Yeah. And I think that's quite fascinating. Uh, and sure, Paul, and sure, listeners. Now, the listeners also realise that we've always had special snippets at the live shows, haven't we? Like, told certain things.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, we go off the record.
3: We go off the record. And um, By the way, just, just quickly, Dad,
2: we are going to do... We are going to do live shows again, and we are going to sell and sign copies of Electric Blue, and we're going to take photos, and we're going, to do, we're going to do the whole thing the second the country's back open. Love it. I just wanted to chuck that in there, but yeah, so there is a section at live shows where we basically turn the recording off, and you tell a story just to the people in the crowd. Mm. Yep. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But Dunn was one of those characters I really liked... It was weird finding out later that he was corrupt. I can't Mm. go back and change the book. No. Um, But, okay, so who else do we need to check off? I mean, we know what happened to you, (laughs) because we're in it, and we know what happened to Mum. So what happened to
3: Ant-Man? Well, don't know, don't care. Oh.
2: Yeah. What a
3: fucking tosser. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, some of them. Look, there are so many characters, Paul, that we, we didn't mention. I could, you know, there were... I mean, I worked with over 100 police officers. Yeah. Um, there's probably... There's probably count,
2: by that rationale, there's countless officers we've never heard about. So,
3: Oh, look, I'd yeah. love to...
2: Oh, look at the things I could tell you. Okay, we can't go through the hundreds of characters that you interacted with. But before we close this season out, on the, I think, like, second final page of the book is a small photograph of you holding me. And you're in uniform and... Uh, I was wanting to know the story behind that photo. Do you know when it was taken?
3: Well, I, I was a, well, how old would you be? You'd be maybe three or something. Three. Yeah. So, and what year were you born?
2: Eighty three. Eighty three. So, no, I'm
3: just, I, I know, I was just testing you. Eighty. So, eighty six. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got what's called the new Antron jacket, which was super cool, which didn't last that long. Um. So we can tie it in to... I was definitely working at North Sydney Police Station. And... Um, oh, God, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And, and it would have been taken. I would have come round to uh, our place. Yep. And picked you up and Christine would have taken the photo. Yep. And it's a great photo. And it's just a top, top. I, 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 I was showing Christine the photo just a few days ago. And it's a... It's a lovely, lovely photo, and it's a great place in the book to have it.
2: There's not that many photos of uh, you in uniform with me. No, I know. But, you know, maybe we need to get you back in uniform. <laughs> just hire a uniform.
3: Paul, you're so sweet. Uh, I just I couldn't do it. I
2: know. I know. <laughs> oh, It'll be, it'd be weird, but the book is done. We've now finished Loose Unit's Origins, and God... It's oh my god, what a what a like a Herculean task that was. We got through the entire book. We did it chapter by chapter. We chucked in so many stories and cases which weren't in there. And we really hope you enjoyed the book. We hope you enjoyed reading along and we hope you like this season of Loose Units. And we have a bit of an announcement. So in a couple of weeks we're going to be debuting a new season of Loose Units. Okay, so not next week, but the week after that, we're going to be debuting a new season at a new time with a completely new premise. And we are going to announce this week what it is. We're not going to tell you what it is right now, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty spooky. So that's all I'll say. But in the meantime... Uh, we just wanted to say thank you for following us through this journey. This season of Loose Units has carried us through the entirety of COVID. It's carried us through, you know, God, the the launch of Electric Blue. It's carried us through all kinds of incredible stuff. So yeah, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for listening along this season. Uh, don't don't fear, we're going to be back with a new season in two weeks, and we'll keep doing Loose Ends. So that's that's going to keep going. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing, Dad?
3: Well, Paul, thank you because I was just thinking while you were saying that, that normally I just say bye-bye or goodbye. Bye-bye. Bu- 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 yeah. But on this occasion, I'd just like to um, reiterate what you've just said. And um, I love doing this. I love it. I look forward to it. And it's part of my life. So I hope to keep, to keep going with you. And I look forward to... Um, you know, the new season. But we'll still keep the loose ends happening. A hundred percent, yes. But if you read
2: Loose Units and you, you know, you finish the book or you finish the season, and it's like, oh, god, what do I do next? Here are two things you can do. You can go back and listen to this podcast now because we started recording the podcast after the first book was written. And the whole point of the podcast was to, you know, like, dish up cases that didn't fit in the book. So, chronologically, if you want to find out what happened in between the chapters and during the period of the first book, go back to the very first episode of Loose Units and just start listening from the beginning. And then keep listening through Electric Blue. And if you haven't already, grab a copy of Electric Blue and give it a read because, you know, we are so proud of this book Mm. and... Uh, obviously because of lockdown we didn't get to do a proper launch so yeah. we, we're going to be doing kind of like a de facto book tour
3: launch thing love around us and around australia love soon. So, love it. yeah um yeah so to quote roy and hg give it a bash well said sorry i said well said oh thank you love your work paul <laughs> you said that um yeah all right well look cheerio everyone until Bye-bye. until all that sort of stuff and look forward to uh To exercising the golden tonsils. That's a very weird way to finish. You can cut that. No, it's in. Love your work. Bye, guys. Bye. Flexibility is
1: great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too.